0: This is the Unrationed Podcast. My name is Evan.
1: I'm Josh.
2: And I'm Tony.
0: And we begin every podcast the same way, and that is by sharing our wild moment from the week before.
2: Tony, tell us about your wild moment. Since getting back from Colorado and our trek up the mountain, I have been almost entirely sedentary and eating snacks all the time. So uh it's about time to start another round of wild 32 um what came to mind as i was thinking about wild moment was actually conversations we've been having about the wilds in the woods and just uh the it's an exciting project what we're working on here what what we're thinking about and where we're thinking about taking it and uh there's a distinct feeling when when kind of in a place and then you get a sense of where you might be going with a thing Um, that's exciting in a way but also it is unknown you know it's it's a it feels like a big step and this uh, this is definitely feeling like one of those in a way that uh, is it evokes that same sort of primal I think reaction, and I, I would call it resonance. That um, you know, it feels good. It's where I, it's where I like to be. It's a good sign. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna leave it at that for this week. Josh, what you got, man?
1: So my son Jack had to go into the emergency room the other night for some breathing issues, and so not that the emergency room in modern medicine is my wild moment. But I think the things leading up to it felt super wild. And my son came into our room at like 1015 wheezing, like he was crying and saying that his lungs were burning. It was pretty scary, you know, and so my wife's response, I think is a thing that I'm thinking about. And she like, performs her best and is like the most level-headed when like like stakes are super high and like we've had a couple adventures together where the same thing and then I think with our kids too she just something instinctual happens and she just like settles in and she just like I don't know it just seems natural her to her to be able to address high-stakes situations in just like an instinctual way And it just, I don't know, I really admire it. I was texting her the next day when I was like working, I was just like, I just appreciate her as a teammate just because she's just, she's good, like really, really good in so many different areas. And I just admire that about her. So I think watching her perform or like, it was just something different and very wild. It seems like um, just to take care of the kids in extreme situations without any emotion. I mean, there was plenty of emotion, but, um, and like care and concern, but yeah. So she is my wild moment. Love it. How about you?
0: Uh, Grace and I dug up some rocks in the backyard and put them in specific places. And that was my wild moment, particularly because we thought we were just going to get a few rocks. There's this pile that's been under some pine straw for As long as we've lived here, so a year this month, and we've just said we should do something with those rocks one day. And there were five carts full, which you don't know the size of the cart, so I guess that's irrelevant. There were a lot more rocks underneath uh, this pile than expected, and our hands got dirty and muscles got worked out that don't typically get worked out, and we got to work together. And it was a really
2: good time. That nice. was my wild moment. So in addition to being a chicken farmer, you are now also a rock farmer.
0: Hmm. I have not heard of a rock farmer.
2: You
0: I mean, I have. guess you just farm rocks, which is you dig cool. up the earth and find rocks. And I guess you have to sell. There has to be some financial aspect with with. Ye- Yes, and it would be my a hobby rock is,
2: farm. <laughs> is, this is why we have children. Is that uh? This is something we're running into with the garden outside. That is all my in laws' responsibility. This could have been a wild moment. Civil's uh, pulling out like two to three buckets of tomatoes every day That's for amazing. the last like five days. And I'm like, what do we That's do with awesome. all these? So we're like driving around taking them to people. Yeah, uh, she started canning over the weekend for the first time by doing that whole deal with the boiling the jars and, and whatnot um and i was saying, i think we just send our son downtown huntsville with there like go. a sign in a stand and just let him do his thing yeah and, and uh start you know earning his keep
0: i i'm i don't know anybody that has a garden like you're describing so i know you i guess and you guys have that garden but and i've wanted to because i listened to a podcast the other day And the host was talking about, he he said, if you know somebody who gardens, they understand something that people who don't garden don't understand uh, or embody or or like know, just intuitively know, which is we live in a a very abundant environment. And so the, the buckets of tomatoes that you get from planting a few seeds like attests to that, and i I am really curious to get into that at some point. I think our kids will need to be a little bit older and uh well, maybe not. I'm sure there are people doing it with young kids, so that's just an excuse at this point uh but anyways i i'm I'm really curious about experiencing the the abundance that comes from gardening. The gardener would be a fun archetype to explore,
2: yeah. It's, I and think the that's definitely, garden. yeah, that definitely uh, aligns with the king in a lot of ways. I imagine that it's, yeah. you know, about attention and consistency and creating the conditions for, for things to grow. Yeah.
0: I see he's trying to segue us to our topic for today, but I had that's one pretty, more thing big. before <laughs> we, we segued. I thought for sure your wild moment was going to be holding this sucker in your hands.
2: The wild moment brought to you by In the Creative Arena, the first book by Tony Albrecht. Um, Yeah, that, I mean, it it has been, there have been wild. It's wild to see so many people posting on LinkedIn, holding the book. That's been very wild, that more than 10 people have done that. Um, It's it's been really fantastic. Um, But... I don't know, man. The the primary emotion for me around on the book really...
1: I'm getting what some is noise.
2: Is there someone wow. growling? Oh no, no, no. That is oh, and I'm on the wrong internet uh network. Am I delayed? Mm-mm. You weren't? Okay, oh, interesting. Okay. Um well, first of all, that's my little monster as she is dragging a stool across the floor ah. to go get more cookies. <laughs> um the main emotion around the book release has been relief or it's just, I've wanted to be an author for so long or to be able to call myself that with a straight face uh, since I was 15, mm. I would say. And so to have the first one out of the way is really nice. I just got this copy in the mail. It finally made it to us yesterday. So last night, Will and I did some reading and uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised with how much I like the book. You know, it's <laughs> but yeah, it's been fun. It's
0: that interesting. Picture. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead.
1: I was just saying how cute that picture was of your daughter holding the book. It was really neat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Heard and she kept saying daddy book, daddy book. Oh man, that's badass. <laughs> that's pretty (laughs) awesome so good
0: i'm intrigued at some point maybe we could explore this in the podcast too because today's episode is about the shadow king which is not uh anything to do with this but the idea that when we accomplish our dreams or whenever we achieve a big goal or cross a finish line the feeling is more relief than like ecstasy which is just intriguing to me uh and in, in some way, I'm curious about that because that rings true, I think, in my experiences as well.
2: Yeah. It, well, I think I put a page in there that I took from Josh, um, or at least I had Josh's thought on this in mind, the one where you get to the top of the mountain and then you know, you're not at the end. you can see the next mountain out in the distance. And so yeah. you're just you're taking a minute to enjoy the the moment but it's nothing more than a a benchmark or a flag in the ground along the way. And you have to learn to love the process, right? Love the journey. Uh, Because if you, yeah. Well, frankly, I think I was always really concerned about about reaching this particular achievement in a way that kept me from doing it. You know, I could have done it five years ago, but it was like that. The, like putting that up on the pedestal really stopped me. But it it's a, it's a nice idea to explore.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Okay, let's let's shift over to our topic for this week, which is the Shadow King. Tony, you mentioned some reading you did some reading back through king warrior lover magician where which is a book we're still exploring we've mentioned on the podcast before but what are your what are your thoughts on
2: shadow king uh is it okay if i start by reading a couple paragraphs yeah please do all right this is laying a little bit of groundwork for what the shadow king is like and in the book they uh, describe two. Uh, manifestations of the shadow king the tyrant and the weakling and this is describing the tyrant he exploits and abuses others he is ruthless merciless and without feeling when he is pursuing what he thinks is his own self-interest his degradation of others knows no bounds he hates all beauty all innocence all strength all talent all life energy he does so because he lacks inner structure and he is afraid terrified, really, of his own hidden weakness and his underlying lack of potency. And then another little bit, um, the man possessed by the tyrant is very sensitive to criticism. And though putting on a threatening front, what the slightest remark feel weak and deflated. He won't show you this. What you will see, unless you know what to look for, is rage. But under the rage is a sense of worthlessness, of vulnerability and weakness. For behind the tyrant lies the other pole of the king's bipolar shadow system, the weakling. Uh, The man possessed by the weakling lacks centeredness, calmness, and security within himself, which uh, leads to paranoia. Structural notes
0: on these poles. Every archetype we're exploring here has a shadow side. And every shadow side has an active and a passive pole. Uh, And so for the king, those two poles of the shadow are the tyrant and the weakling. The tyrant being the active pole and the weakling being the passive pole.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to my sister Christy yesterday. And we touched on uh, the podcast and she expressed a little bit of, um, her word was ickiness, just around our leaning into the idea of the king and hmm. exploring that as an ideal worth uh, aspiring to, because in her mind, king equals specifically the tyrant, I think, right? Yeah. The, the king kings are shadow kings you know in in mm-hmm. my sister's mind and i frankly i think in a lot of our minds and it's yeah it's really part of why we're doing this right is to understand what what healthy masculinity looks like and i don't know if reclaiming that the word is a goal or an aspiration here um or even if it's going to end up being a a byproduct, but um, yeah, I found that illuminating. This yeah. is a, you know, a cultural backdrop to the conversations we're having around this. Hmm. I've left you deep in thought. Yeah. Well, uh, the. I have a couple moments that stick
1: pretty clearly out where I feel like I both embodied the tyrant more so than, well, well, both of them really. So backstory with Mission Matters Group, me, my dad, and my brother started it like 2011. And then in 2019, I transitioned to the role that I'm currently in right now. My brother went on to a different organization. Um, My dad kind of pulled back a little bit. And so I was able to sit in the the CEO role uh, for the time being. And it was a weird time just because like I'd always worked with my dad and brother, we ran, you know, the show together. And in that transition, they weren't there, like they were kind of like a safety blanket, like we did it together. And so now I needed to elevate my game if you will and I remember in like October or uh, so I took over in September October November time period of 2019 I remember having this feeling this paranoia of people jockeying for position and I'm like I remember like I was driving uh, I was in Portland I'm like why am I feeling this Like, why is there, like, there wasn't really any clear indication that people were gunning for different spots or coming for me or whatever, but I remember just feeling it and having this awkward moment internally of just like, why are you so insecure that you're having this sentiment creep up inside of you? And so I just, as Tony was reading that, that was like the thing that was resonating with me and that like, you can work through those moments. You can work through those energies, but they very much exist inside of you. And you have to figure out a way to like nurture them and process them because you could see how that just grabs a hold of you. And then all of a sudden your actions become rooted in paranoia as opposed to rooted in order and you know helping the kingdom grow uh, essentially. So um, anyways, I'm glad that we started off with that reading because it evoked that emotion
2: um, that I've had before. So during that time, toward the end of 2019, uh, did, do you think that was you s- sort of slipping toward that side of the spectrum uh, of a shadow king? Uh,
1: absolutely. I think the simple answer is yes. Like I'm trying to put myself back in that time period and there was a lot of things like from a work standpoint there was like decisions looming, there were some client issues. And so it was a very stressful time period for me. And I think as a result, I didn't elevate my game, I think I sunk into insecurity and fear. Uh And as a result, it created the environment for more of the shadow sides to emerge
2: as opposed to, yeah, not. Gotcha. Yeah. And well, as you were talking, I was thinking about you're just being dropped into a situation in effect where it's a, without, without the King. And in, in the first conversation we had about this, Evan compared it to chess and saying that, you know, like the King does less stuff than the other pieces, but without the King, mm hmm there is no order. There's, there's no more game. Right. And, and as you were talking about that, as thinking about that, that all of a sudden there was a vacuum, right. There was a void and, and with that void, the natural result is going to be kind of that dissatisfaction or chaos. Right. Um, And that actually made me think of uh, something similar from, actually i think i'm posting on linkedin about this today or tomorrow but uh, a picture came up on on our my phone a reminder from 6 years ago this week where we were leading the the 500 mile group of folks along the camino de santiago and this was you know the team was me my sister and my wife and i was the you know, the lead on the the whole deal and my primary memory of that is that i failed that i did what you're describing josh that i like, there there was this big lead up there was a moment and by a moment i mean five weeks of needing to be on and and like really helping support other people physically uh mentally spiritually um and I just didn't deliver you know, in a in a way that um, I didn't create the conditions for other people to do their best work, whether participants on the thing or my teammates yeah. on the thing. That my my inclination there with my insecurity was to kind of get smaller and. Sort of micromanage and like latch onto details and not deliver on specific things we were intending to do. Uh, and I still, uh, yeah, I still remember that one. And and then like getting home, we had made a little bit of money, and then pretty much every dollar we had made, which was not very much, we just gave back to a couple people. Who were mm-hmm. really disappointed in in the thing? Um, so I was like, "That's that's fair." <laughs> so, but yeah. yeah, it was it was it was I think it was more weakling stuff than tyrant stuff. You know, I kind of withdrew.
0: I think it gets to a point too where the weakling is a, also actually a tyrant, like the the shadow the shadow side of the king is tyrant, and it's like there's two sides of the tyrant, an active tyrant and a passive tyrant, but both lead to chaos and disorder in a way that is not uh, good for the kingdom, uh, whatever that domain may be. Uh, but it, if it's... I like... Uh, things are always moving in one direction or another. It, I like Thinking that there's no such thing as stasis, or I think the word to describe that is teleological. It's like you're either moving towards uh, the archetype of, of a healthy king or the shadow king, and I can't stop thinking about whether what your sister Christy said to Tony about the the ickiness of the king, it's just like culturally that's really sticking with me and it i think two things come to mind that one is the just that really bothers me that that's the story we tell ourselves when we hear the word king and i relate to that even it's like yeah it it, it feels very it feels like a tyrannical structure there's no good in that and it it like what arises to in response to the king is like anarchy almost inside, where it's like let's let, let's get rid of that hierarchy and get rid of all structure, and then it's like oh well, like that's not a good response.
2: Yeah,
0: and then well, certainly. Sorry, go ahead. go ahead.
2: I was gonna say there's certainly a a move for upending the patriarchy right like that that structure that relies on kings specifically and frankly it's it's it makes a lot of sense you know (laughs) in a certain respect and this is really i think can you just
0: can you define patriarchy because i feel like we could get into territory where words like that have different meanings different people
2: sure and i would be using the one as it's used by say activists and and um you know, people who are let's say working for equality or working for whatever whatever that is but the, let's say the patriarchy being um essentially just male dominated society right ones where you know, we're all american where every president of the united states for the last 250 years has been a man right just that sort of is that a sufficient uh definition for for our uh,
0: yeah it just we could just dive down into i uh, maybe let's I, not dive down into it i, I don't <laughs> want
2: to go into that rabbit hole but <laughs> but it is the cultural context in which we're we're operating right and with the passing of the Queen of England last week, and you know, King Charles coming to the throne, you know, I've been the the British monarchy is something I spend zero time thinking about, but I have thought about more recently, and you know, there are a whole lot of things online about, uh, you know, like expressing kind of anger. At the monarchy for the the two hundred years of British imperialism, three hundred years of British imperialism, and uh, indicating no no real remorse for the death of the Queen, or you know, like making fun of of Prince Charles for saying he's seventy five years old and now he finally gets his first job, like that sort of thing, and and like I a lot of that stuff resonates with me to a certain degree, um. I read an article last night, like laying out their wealth, and that they're worth like eighteen billion dollars. Uh, and I don't, I'm an American; it's it's something I don't. That, that's something I don't understand. Like what this family is doing to be worth that much money at this point. Um, but it, it seems like that that whole monarchy is understood to be a form of shadow uh royalty right i i think and um it's it is at least in in my world as i'm looking at it a prevailing idea that monarchies are outdated which is true that that seems totally true (laughs) and uh, and so the the idea of the king or the queen, well maybe it's not the best word you know like maybe i I don't know that we have a have better words to describe essentially this ideal uh this archetype that we're we're aiming for um I feel like i'm I'm circling around, but the the overall feeling is it is a conflicted one right where these are these are words that have complicated histories uh and they have because the shadow is has been so dominant in so many scenarios uh, among leaders whether king or otherwise for ever um, it, it does seem easy to conflate the thing, you know, like king, leader, president, whatever whatever you want to call it, with uh the sort of shadow manifestations of somebody being being given power, which are the the focus on control, you know, the the domination, the um violence, frankly, even though with with the archetype, with the ideal that, that we've been digging into through Iron John, through Richard Rohr's work, through King Magician or King Warrior Magician Lover. Um, I feel like my own thinking on Kings has shifted just in the last three months in a way that I'm getting much more comfortable with the idea, not as I want to dominate other people or have control over other people, but the idea of going back to something we talked about in the first conversation, the idea that the king is, the king's duty is to uh, create order and the conditions for things to grow, you know, fertility. Um, those are two really beautiful and necessary ideals. Yeah. Um,
0: which also have their shadow sides too much order is a you know a king establishing too much order is also a tyrant Mm. and a king can go too far with the the fertility as well right so the the second part of like (coughs) what comes to mind for me as i think about why it feels it Uh, I I, I, I just keep borrowing Christie's words here to talk about the king is the shadow is not separate from the king. Like they, they exist. There's not like this king archetype over here. And then this separate archetype that is not connected to the king. And they're, they're, they're at odds with each other. They exist within one. Uh, the image of the Tao comes to mind, like the black and the white being whole, two parts of the same whole, uh, if you will. It's like, it makes sense to me that we have these feelings towards the king archetype because we can't separate the king archetype from the shadow side of the king, which is to say, everything we're talking about is meant I believe to help us do our own inner work. And yeah. and it's in no way meant for like learning everything about the King is not for me to make judgments about Josh and Tony or King Charles or whoever else. It's meant for me to explore my King within yeah. and bring the shadows to awareness. Cause only whenever they are aware, uh, only whenever they're brought to awareness can something be be done uh anyways those those are the things that come to mind we we can't separate the shadow and all of this is only this talking about the king serves us in so far as it reveals things about ourselves it revealing things about other people is helpful in no way to what we're trying to
1: do yeah yeah what you just said resonates a lot uh evan i think you know, I use I used my kids as an example, and I'll I'll do the same with my daughter that's gonna be here in December. But my responsibility is to help him have self-mastery over his emotions or his energies or whatever. And part of that is being able to name it effectively. Like a king energy exists inside of all of us, and there is definitely a shadow side to it, but If we're unaware of it, if we can't name it, if we can't work through it and figure out what other type of energies we need to use inside of us to process it, to nurture it, to help it grow, we're just left with dealing with erratic, chaotic emotions inside of us, which all of us have. Um, So I think to your point, Tony, earlier on, having read uh, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, it's given me a framework to like call out and recognize when I'm leaning towards a shadow side or not, and it's super helpful, like just to be able to name it and to call it out and saying, okay, I am doing this. And this could be a clear sign that I am, you know, I'm I'm giving preference towards one energy over the other. Um, but yeah, I think without the right tools or the right consciousness of those energies inside of us, we'll lean to the thing that's easier, right? Being like embodying mature king energy or embodying mature warrior energy is not easy it's supposed to take a ton of work and require us to um you know to lean in so those poles or those shadow sides are definitely the the thing that draws a little bit more i think um and are easy easier to embody or give into
0: and this isn't talked about i don't think in king warrior magician lover but anytime i think about a king the queen also comes to mind and it does seem as though the unity of the two leads to a healthy individual so uh, male female man woman like whoever it's like if we are are going to embody or or have a an a domain an inner domain that is set in order a king is present and a, a king a queen is also present and they're united and i i do think there's aspects uh there's opportunity for the queen energy to be explored and bring a healthy balance to the king energy within, uh, that that's worth noting. And I, I, yeah, I, the queen would be a fun episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: No, That definitely has an impact on our uh, how the three of us go through the world. (laughs) Where, like, I know certainly for me, when things are going well, it is um, a result of balance or uh, alignment between myself and my wife, and and we do. uh, Last night we did this little what kind of creative are you quiz online it was really well done actually for as goofy as those things have a tendency to be i'll be posting it in the rowdy today it's from adobe anyway um and so we were going through there were maybe 20 25 questions uh and seeing how we answered differently on these questions and they were all either or and we we had different answers on like 75 percent of them um, and that's it doesn't totally overlap with what we're talking about between the king and the queen archetypes um, but that idea of bringing different energies and different uh, talents and different inclinations to uh, to a venture which I I, I to me this it, this has been the the real unlock in my life in terms of how to go from somebody who was just a straight tyrant you know 15 years ago to being somebody who's certainly less so today you know re- regardless of how well i managed to embody that are you hearing my daughter screaming is that, yeah is that coming, that's just screeching yeah that's life yeah <laughs> that is life but um yeah we order in the kingdom we have yeah. much that's harmony reigns
1: i think this what christy said is still sticking out in my mind too about the icky word and i feel very blessed very fortunate to have like the grandparents that i do and so you've heard me bring up my gramps and grandma quite a bit they live out in california they have an olive orchard 2200 trees on 25 acres and they live in a super like dry area, but they have this flourishing orchard, which is really pretty to see. It's just like, you're driving up and um, it just stands out. My Gramps is like, he's a dude that I think about more so than anybody in terms of like really healthy and mature king energy. And I've been out there at times working on the orchard or, and and you can see frustration or control happening with like, someone doing something on the orchard with the irrigation or the way that they're pruning the trees. But then you see him like not say anything and then settle in. And he just lets that person do what they're doing. Not because he's afraid of like conflict, not because he's afraid of like, but he just is like, I think to your point, Evan, not trying to control everything. There is order. Every tree is planted 20 yards away, you know, in all four directions and it's okay if somebody lops a branch off that's not supposed to be lopped off. And so I, I feel like, you know, if people met healthy and mature versions of the King energy, we wouldn't have that icky sentiment. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe I'll just ask my Gramps to come on the podcast all the time and just let him <laughs> be the King energy that exudes out into the world. But he's a really special human being that I think if, if more people experience that type of energy, they would understand why it's so important to restore that importance of both the King and the queen energy in our society.
0: That's well a cool said, idea.
1: Yeah.
0: It does motivate me to keep doing what we're doing. The fact that the initial response to talking about a King energy is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like that, that, that is why we're doing what we're doing. And I, I, do hope that our children, sons and daughters, don't have that response.
2: That's something to shoot for. No. Sure. But, yeah, sir. And it seems like as we wrap our minds around it more um, and come up with these ways of... Okay, working with intention to move toward that, that ideal in our own lives day by day. um, I think we're going to have the potential to, to support other men in doing that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think that idea, the idea resonates so profoundly, frankly, and like within myself that it's one of those things where again the word resonance comes to mind it's just like yeah this this is how it's supposed to be yeah um not to say that the king is on top of you know and and dominating and all powerful but saying that we as human beings are finding ways to uh, to live our lives in a way that promote order and growth you know, Yeah. that avoid or move away from chaos and destruction that just seems like a worthy goal
0: yeah or a way that I would word that second part would be navigates chaos and destruction like holding it at an arm's length is not what we're aiming for engaging with it choosing it and navigating it is what we're aiming for and not just to turn it all into order because that is a ti- another tyrannical approach, but to see others and be present in the midst of the chaos.
2: Well said. Very good.
0: Thanks for listening to the Unrationed podcast. Kapow. So, you. Wildsandthewoods.com. dot com.
1: Go, go there. I love it. <laughs>